This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and recently I've been playing nurse at home. Uh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Oh, my goodness. I've been gone for two weeks. Things have happened. Um, So let me start. Now, I have to say that this show is going to be, I guess, uh, a fairly self-indulgent kind of thing, because it's going to be a lot about what's been going on in my life. Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully I make what's been going on in my life interesting, and... Let's go forward with it, shall we? I, I hopefully, you know, toward the later part of the show, I'll have some more, you know, national interest type stuff or international interest type stuff, depending on where you are listening to this uh, podcast. Okay, um, quick update about my dad. Uh, he is still with us. That's good. Uh, so nothing drastic has happened as far as that goes. Uh, I don't think I'm going to continue doing like an update every every show about my dad unless something significant happens, like significant good or significant bad. Uh, just to figure he's uh, he's um, he's just doing what he needs to do to help get himself uh, out of the transition care facility that he is in now. Last time I talked to you, uh, he was in that transition care facility. He had COVID. He's gotten past the COVID, which is good. Uh, and uh, but he, hmm, let's see, that was a Saturday when I did the recording. So uh, by that next Tuesday, he was back in the hospital. And my and what happened was uh, uh, on Monday night, my sister was over there visiting, and she got pretty worked up, concerned about what was going on in the in the transition care. Uh, facility and what was going on with dad or what wasn't going on with dad he still seemed to be in this delirium he wasn't you know cognitively or you know, he wasn't really present uh he just was out of it a lot sleeping seemed feverish and all that and that you know probably the covid was was doing some of that uh and then she hadn't seen a nurse for like three hours and she's she's texting us being, being me and, and my two other uh two brothers She's texting us all in our little group chat that we got going, and she's saying, "This is neglect. You know what, what's going on here?" And I said, "Well, you know, well, we didn't know, uh, but she did end up talking to a nurse, and the nurse was able to explain, well, we're in a transition care facility, 
Uh, this isn't a hospital. We, yes, they have the medical stuff and nurses and doctors on staff, but it's it's different. The people that go into a tr- when they go into a transition facility, it means that they they've gotten past whatever the thing was that made it necessary for them to go to a transition care. Uh, they've gotten past the worst of it. They're they're improving, and now what they need to do is learn to walk again or you know get to you know learn to talk again or you know to improve that stuff that had gone to waste because they'd been in a bed for so long their the the muscles in their legs aren't strong enough so they need to strengthen them up or they haven't been talking so you know things happen right so they get physical therapy occupational therapy speech therapy they get this kind of stuff to get them back to their lives as as close as what they could they can get to before whatever the incident was that put him in the hospital and then end up ended up in transition care so she explained that to my sister and and she said and also in dad's case he had covid only one nurse per shift was assigned to him i'm sure if they needed somebody else to come in and help them because dad fell or something like that they have you know they have protocols for that but mainly it's just one nurse checking on him in the in the staff uh, uh per shift and and you know we had to do the whole covid protocol we went to visit put on the gowns wear n95 masks put on gloves that kind of thing we had we had to do all that but uh anyway uh and she also explained to my sister that in a transition care facility the nurses that are taking care of the uh of the patients um figured that when family is there uh, the family is kind of dealing with the little things, and if there's anything big that comes up, they'll hit the button, and the nurse will come in and, and see what's going on. So, and that that reassured my sister, but she was still not happy. My sister, that is, was still not happy with Dad's condition. So she was considering that Monday night to send him back to the hospital. But she said, "I'm going to see how he is in the morning tomorrow, and I'll reassess." So she went in the next morning on Tuesday and she dad was not good she said that's it we're sending him back to the emergency room back to the hospital uh we got to figure this out the nurse that was working with her that day uh which which my wife and i had met that first day that we went down to the transition care to visit dad when he the first day he got in there that nurse said that nancy made the right decision she said I, if that had been my dad i would have done the same thing so dad goes back to the hospital uh, that on that Tuesday, that Wednesday, I went down to visit him. He was a little, uh, you know, sleeping mostly. He was kind of gibbering in his sleep. He was going, yeah, 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 yeah. He was doing that kind of stuff. And don't think I'm making fun of him. That's just the sound he was making. And in there too, when he was, when he'd be sleeping and gibbering, uh, he'd, he'd, there'd be a little sing-songy kind of thing, not words, just kind of a hum melody kind of thing that he would do. And I would. You know, much like when he was having that reaction to the to the antibiotic, where he would just keep gesturing and kind of rolling his head side to side and kind of you know moving around a little bit, not violently or anything, but just you just wouldn't stay still. I was recognizing gestures that he would be making as gestures he would make when he's talking. You know, people we talk with our hands, we gesture. I do it a lot. I'm doing it right now, um, and so much like that when he was doing his little gibbering. He'd put there'd be a little sing-songy thing going on in there, and I would uh, recognize some of that as things that he would do since I was a kid. He'd be if he's pretending to dance or something, he he'd come up with a little tune. He go, he'd do something like that and just make it up. Or maybe there was a tune he had in in his mind, and I just never was able to identify it. But he would do that, and that sort of worked its way in there. So you know, we knew Dad was still in there. 
it's just that, okay, how's he doing? Didn't look so great. You know, my uncle uh, was with me that night on Wednesday, and 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 uh, that's my dad's younger brother. And when uh, my uncle left, you know, he was thinking the same thing I was thinking when I left. Was like, I don't know, I don't know. He doesn't seem like, I don't know. Is he going to come back? Is he going to be something? You know, how's he? What's he going to do? So. Uh, that Thursday, I came down again Thursday night. Actually, I was there Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. I think I went down each night. And uh, that Thursday, it was almost, well, I, I could say it was night and day different. I walked in. My older brother was there visiting him. I walked in. Dad looked at me, big smile on his face. He said, hey, kid, how you doing? And it's just, whoa, Dad. <laughs> He's still not quite back. Uh, they, remember I told you they did a cognitive test on him and the score is uh, a perfect score or the best score is 30, 25 and up is, is, is good and he was scoring a 7 or an 8. Well, they did another test on him a few days ago. I don't know if they've done one since, but just a few days ago they did a test on him and he was at a 7 still. So there's, but he's, but he seems like he's able to respond, and he does ask questions. He asked how Hayden is doing. You know, has he moved out yet? That kind of stuff. So there, that was going on there. So he was in the hospital for a few more days, and then uh, at that Friday, um, there was already talk about getting him back to transition care. So he went back into transition care, same place, same facility. We were chatting as our our siblings chat. Uh, my sister said, do we send him, do we have him go there? And I said, you know, he wasn't ready to leave the hospital in the first place. We can't hold it against the, that facility. They seem like they're pretty good. And the social worker that was working with us was saying that they are a good facility. So my sister agreed and, the, and my brothers agreed. So back he went and they got him walking around with a, with a walker, with some assistance, helping him out. They don't, they don't necessarily have to use, a, a, they had to use like an apparatus kind of thing to hook him up in and get him out of bed, but now they don't have to. So he's getting better. But I haven't seen him since I think last Monday. And there's a reason for that. Last Friday, and this is why I didn't do a show last weekend. Last Friday, uh, you know that my wife and I, we work together. We work at the same place. It's a great place. Uh, we really enjoy working there. And, you know, and uh, yeah. So we, we, we work together, and we bring our dog, our little Edna, our sweet little dog, we bring her to work with us. It's, it's just the kind of place it is. They don't mind, and you know, and Edna's a good dog at the place, and everybody in the, in the shop loves her, and why wouldn't you? She's an adorable, wonderful little dog. Uh, not the greatest trained. I'm sorry, a friend of mine is probably, you know, I'm a terrible dog owner because my dog doesn't heal. <laughs> I make it heal by pulling the leash alongside me. That's how, but anyway, I digress. Well, it's Friday morning. We're getting ready for work. And then Amy's thinking about her day uh, of workload at the office. And, and she just said, you know, I, 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 there's not much for me today. I think I'd like to take today off. I said, okay, fine. Let's not make any money. No, no. <laughs> kidding. I said, okay. But the three of us, that's including the dog, walked out of the house at the same time that morning. Just like we do every morning, at the same time, I'm walking. You know, as we do each morning when we go, when we're all going to work, I'm heading to the car to drive to work, and Amy was just going out to walk Edna a little bit, and then she was going to head back in. Walked out of the house, and out of habit, I turned and locked the door. 
out of habit. Didn't even think of it. So we're walking. I even said, you know, she's walking the dog in the yard, and I'm walking by, and I say, okay, well, see you later, and have a good day, and all that. So I get in the car. I lollygag just a little bit because I was thinking, what am I going to listen to while I'm going to work? I was looking through my podcast. What, what should I listen to? When I heard shouting, and I, uh, okay, is that Amy shouting for me? And I, I look now where the car's parked in the driveway. There's a there's a shrubs along the one side that uh, that blocks the view. Of, uh, to the house and the sidewalk in the backyard. So I can't quite see what's going on. So I get out of the car, I come around at the shrubs, and there I'm on the sidewalk. And then halfway down the sidewalk for me, but you know, midway between the house and, and the driveway, on her knees, holding her right arm with our dog standing next to her looking confused, there's Amy uh, calling for me. And she's, and I said, what's, What happened? And she says, I, I fell. I think I broke my arm. Oh, shit. I mean, picturing her, that, 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 ugh, it just, it's, it stabs me in the heart. It, it still does. So I gently get her up uh, on the, off the ground, get her into the house, call the next door neighbor. Can you watch Edna? And she, oh, sure, I can, you know, so I bring Edna over and I mentioned something about we got to call our our, our health our, our clinic or whatever and find out where we need to take you. Do we take you to the emergency room? Do we take you to urgent care? Do we take you to our regular clinic? What, where do we take you? I, I mentioned something like that. So I go over, drop the dog off with the neighbor, and then I come back and Amy's on the phone, talking to our you know our health care provider. And they say you need to go to this place. It's called Tria, and it uh, it does orthopedic medicine. That's bone stuff and muscles and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so you need to go there. They've got an emergency kind of urgent care or whatever. They got that there. So we knew exactly where that was because both Amy and I have uh, have, uh, have found ourselves at that place with those, whatever ailments we had. I, when I was having that terrible neck pain, that's where I went. <clears throat> so I got her in and when, when Amy was on the ground and I'm helping her up, I'm looking, she's wearing a t-shirt, you know, nothing, no bones broke through the skin or anything. But I, I looked at her, her right shoulder, and it did not look right. And in my mind, I was thinking, boy, I hope it's, I hope it's just, and just is in quotes, because <laughs> really, I uh, hope it's just uh, uh, a dislocated shoulder, because that would be a little less uh, traumatic, right? Uh, well, we get, her, we get her to the place, they take x-rays, and sure enough, she broke her shoulder, her right shoulder. Uh, she broke it in like I think like four places. Uh, we'll, we're a little unclear on things because so much information is coming at us when we're talking to the surgeon. Yeah, she had to have surgery. We're talking to the doctors before the surgeon, and we're talking. So much information is coming at us. It's just kind of hard to keep everything, keep track of everything. Should have been writing everything down, but you know we did some. But they give you and they give you these copious amounts of printed out pages with information on. It's a book. It's it, it gets it gets a little overwhelming, but we're doing we're doing our best. Um, so this is Friday, and so they immobilize her arm. They give her some pain meds. They tell her, you know, what she can't do. You know, just how what she needs to do. You need to ice it, feeling all this kind of stuff they're talking about. So, um, uh, it, and then, so then Monday, uh, we got a well. They had set up an appointment with the surgeon for Monday at uh, like three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, that morning at about seven or eight or something, the surgeon called us, called Amy, and, and said, 
we can get you in earlier today. Uh, I have an opening for surgery tomorrow, Tuesday. So if we can get you in earlier today, let's uh, let's get this worked out. So we did. We went in, saw the surgeon, uh, and then, you know, uh, that, uh, let's see, that Tuesday we went in for did the surgery. The surgery went fine, but Amy had a little bit of complication with uh, anesthesia. Now, she told the anesthetist, the anesthesia doctor, whoever beforehand, when he's going over all the notes with her and telling her all the stuff that they're going to do, what might, might she expect, what could go wrong, you know, giving you the full, uh, full information to consent and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and Amy says the only thing she says I I do have a hard time. I'm slow at coming out of uh, anesthesia. She's had operations before, and it just seems like it takes her a long time to get out. And that's noted. They did a nerve block on her right arm. That meant that she was not going to feel anything on there. And, uh, at, and so when they do a little procedure, they had me leave the little prep room and uh, come back later. And her blood pressure was way up. And so they had to work that down, which they did. Then they get it operated, and she's fine. And then, it, then I'm waiting in the waiting room, and it's taking quite a while for you know uh, for her to go to phase one, uh, phase one in re recovery, which is where it's just the medical staff and the patient that are involved, the visitors and families. They you know they don't come back yet. Phase two is when the family can come in. This is when I could go in. It was taking a while. Uh, I did get in uh, finally, and Amy explained to me, "See how they were having real, they were having some difficulty getting my blood pressure to cooperate, uh, to stabilize me. They were there was talk of maybe admitting her because she was outpatient status. There was talk of maybe admitting her uh, for the night just uh, because if they couldn't get her stabilized, but they were able to. Got the, the bone that was repaired. There was something interesting that happened there." Uh, this, before the surgery, when we were meeting with the surgeon, he did say that it's possible that Amy might get a donor bone, uh, a cadaver bone, that to help uh, in reconstructing the shoulder, that it might happen. And then we found out, sure enough, after the surgery, she did get a donor bone, uh, a cadaver bone. So, so I can honestly say my wife is going around with someone else's bone in her. And I know that sounds dirty. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so now you know she's home. She's got time. She's got to take time off of work, obviously, uh, and it's because she's right-handed. <laughs> and so right now, for uh, uh, the next uh, just over a week, as uh, we see the surgeon again, I think mm, a week from this coming Monday for the follow-up and see how she's doing and all that. And then after that, the physical therapy will start to get worked on and what she can do. Now, she's doing tiny little things that she's allowed to do, like like, like move her hands and like, like squeeze her fingers and, and, you know, make fists and stuff to do that. And then she can... She can have her, you know, lift... She's like... She have her arm bent at the elbow and just lift it a little bit. Just, you know, just trying a little bit of that. So that's what she's doing now. We have our neighbor who is a lifesaver because she's helping. Because I need to go to work. I can't take all this time off. We don't have Aflac or supplemental insurance, which, geez, we probably should have. Or Mass Mutual, I think is that another one. Anyway, we don't have that. So, you know, financially, we'll see how we do. Uh, our bosses will work with us. And we've got, you know, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> 
But uh, hopefully Amy can come back after a couple of weeks and just kind of ease back into work and doing what she can. We'll, we'll see how this is. But it's going to be a long haul before she gets, you know, the surgeon was saying, you got to figure like six months to a year before you're at 80%. Uh, but that's, you know, you know, it's different for different people. They heal at different rates and all that. But that was a hell of a Friday and a heck of a week this week. So she's at home right now just doing mainly pain management and, you know, and trying to you know, uh, take care of herself that way. I'm not done with the things that have happened uh, on that Friday, but I'll have to talk more about it after I take my break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll return after this break. Oh, so quiet. It'll come up. I wanted you. And I was looking for you. <laughs> We're scaring up a good time on your favorite radio station. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. <laughs> Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey y'all, this is Tangina. You're gonna give me whiplash looking up there at you. I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dim's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on, did you just say that Dr. Dim doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers? Or the beast? Well, holy sh! Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dim's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. You're listening to ZTalk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I know what you're asking. You're saying, but Dim, how did Amy fall? I'll get to that. <clears throat> now, as I said, we all three were leaving, that, including the dog, we all three were leaving the house at the time that all three of us would leave the house normally, heading to work. But Amy and the dog were staying home because they needed a day off. And 
I was going to go into work because, you know, I need to work. And uh, so, and I I just, out of habit, locked the door. Well, Amy didn't have her phone with her, and she didn't have her keys with her. Right? So I get to the car. I'm looking for something to play on the po- podcast. When she headed back to the door and sees that it's, and finds that it's locked. I'm still there. So she turns. Now she's carrying the dog. The dog only weighs like 7.4 pounds. We just had, well, I'll get to it. She's carrying the dog in her left hand. And she's running on the sidewalk. And she's got her right hand stretched out like, like she's waving. And she's saying, you know, calling out, Jim, Jim. And then she lost her balance. I don't, we don't know how, but she just did. And in her panic or whatever, she fell. And she's got that arm outstretched. It wasn't to catch herself. The arm was outstretched that it just kind of landed on the ground. You know, it, you know, it wasn't stopping her fall. It was just, it was out already. And boom, it, she comes down and she said she heard the snap in her shoulder. <sighs> Gives me the willies. So that's what happened, uh, and you know how how you know but whether she tripped over something. She said, "I just," she said, "I just lost my balance." She just was, you know, in such a hurry to get to me. Now, calmer minds at that moment, and I told her, I said, "You know, if it had been reversed, if it was me chasing after you, I would have done the same thing. Maybe it wouldn't have fallen, but <clears throat> you know, because I have such tremendous balance." Uh, uh, but I would have done the same panic because the, the there was a simple solution that didn't she didn't really need to worry because our neighbor who took care of the dog also has a key to our house, so she could have, you know, yeah, she could have just yeah you know, just just oh geez if I had taken off and she, oh well you know if she hadn't fallen. Luckily, things happened the way they did. I mean, it's not luckily that she fell, but luckily I was still there. Even you know, cause even if even if she had fallen and I'd been and driven off, she wouldn't have been able to call me. She didn't have her phone. I, she would have had a hard time getting up and getting over to Sandy's place. She would. Oh man. Oh, again, thinking about it just gives me the willies. The what could have happened. Oh, anyway. Uh, you know that day, that Friday. Uh, we, you know, I get her. You know, we get down to the the tree up place. We see the the doctor there. Get the X-rays. Get some meds. And so, you know, well, we got the X-ray. The meds were sent to our our pharmacy. Um, so I and then we head home. And I bring Amy home and I get her set up at home. The neighbor has the dog, so I figure oh, let's let the neighbor hang on to the dog for a while because I got to go out and get your med- get your prescriptions and then maybe pick up a few things uh, as well. And so I did that, I ran that errand and I got home and then I said, okay, I, I called the neighbor and I said, well, I'm going to come over and, and get the dog. And she says, fine. So I go over and the dog's all happy to see me and, and all excited and I pick her up and I'm holding her. We're talking to the neighbor about what had happened and the neighbor says to me about Edna, that's our dog, something wrong with her left eye. She kind of, it's a little swollen. She, she doesn't open it all the way. Does she have like an eyelash or something in there? Or is it something? And I looked at her. And visions of what happened last summer come back to mind. Now, long-time listeners to my show will remember, might remember, that our dog that we had for just a few, couple few weeks, I was walking her at night. And there was this walking path that we would go to because she likes it and I like it. There's little frogs that she likes to find and chase 
uh, you know, and and I had the flashlight, but I didn't. I just turned it on, and I see that there's a couple of people coming our way, uh, walking our way. But it wasn't a couple of people. It was a guy and his dog, not on a leash, no collar, trying to hold his dog back, who ran over uh, and got a hold of of Edna, and didn't do you know didn't kill her obviously uh i i don't know if it's just asserting dominance just a little bit or if it was play being playful because it, it didn't pick her up and shake her or bite real hard or anything like that but it was just enough because edna's such a tiny dog and she has these bug eyes uh, a tooth on the dog made a couple puncture wounds in her eye in her left eye so this was the i saw the same thing when i was looking at her how she looked and i went and I sat in front of my neighbor. Fuck. <laughs> so, bring the dog home. Call the uh, vet place that we could take her to. And they said, we're booked, but here's a number to call that they'll find a place that you can take her. Found a place. I took her there. Waited two hours with her. Before somebody finally, you know, before I had to take the dog out for a walk to, because she had to pee, and then I had to pee, uh, I, I peed in the restroom within the place. The dog peed outside. Uh, the if I it's how much longer? <laughs> and so the, uh, they said, well, let's check with the doctor. We'll see what's what's what they figure. Well, they figured that it would be another three hours before they would be done with Edna. Uh, so they they said you can leave Edna here. You know, head on home. The doctor would give you a call. Doctor did call at almost three hours later and said, "Yeah, Edna has a scratch on her left eye. We figured that happened during the fall, so, you know, when when Amy fell. We figured that's probably when it happened, but we don't know for sure because I, you know, she does. The, the dog has these bug eyes, and that makes them a little susceptible or more susceptible to eye injury or eye irritation." Uh, because you know stuff can get in them easy. The eyelids don't quite, you know, they close, but they're just not quite as protective as other dogs that don't have the bug eyes. But uh, you know, so okay, so it's back to putting ointment in her eye and giving her uh, anti-inflammatory internal medicine. So we did that for a few days, and then just yesterday, Friday, took her had an appointment for our our vet to bring her in for the post checkup just to see how she's doing, and she's fine. She's fine. I could, I, I'd already gone through all the anti-inflammatory medicine. I've already given her all of that. And I'd stopped putting the goop in their eye the morning before. Because I look great. It looked good to me. I know what you're thinking. But the vet said it's actually good because then we get to see what it was like, you know, what how the status is, how it handled not having that stuff, whatever it is that medicine put in the eye. We get to see how that looks. And that she checked the eyes. Eyes fine. She's great. So... Yay! <laughs> but that was another seven hundred bucks <laughs> between my vet and and the, and the emergency animal hospital. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know, it's like we're made of money, right? Well, no, we're made of credit card. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so that was <laughs> that was quite a Friday. Yeah. First half of the day, taking care of my wife who had fallen down. Second half of the day, taking care of my dog who got scratched. <sighs> Moral of this story is, don't take time off of work. No, I'm kidding. Amy should be able to take time off of work, and I should be able to take time off work, but I rarely do. I don't know what it is. I'm just a weirdo. 
All right, where am I in my time here? Where am I in so what I've talked about? I think that's about everything on that, you know, the self-indulgent kind of stuff. Um, so let's get into some national, international sort of thing. Tucker Carlson got fired. <laughs> or should I laugh like him? <laughs> you ever see this guy laugh? Oh, my God. This is I, 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 you know, I mean, I'm a visitor to your planet, I know, but I think he is too, for crying out loud. <laughs> Do you, it's like, you have you never heard people, is, is, is this your concept of laughing? I mean, Data had a better way of laughing, that's a Star Trek thing. He had a better way of laughing than, you know, than, than you. <laughs> Good God, that's, if, if, if that's his real laugh, which I have a hard time believing that it is, he's got a messed up laugh. I mean, people have unusual laughs. Like, yes, I, you know, there, there, there are people with unusual laughs. I had an uncle who had a, a, a funny laugh, which I can't reproduce and I won't try. But it, it's, yeah. But then, I, my God, that's that sound phony. <laughs> and it comes out of nowhere. It's just like he's straight faced, and then he says something that he thinks is supposed to be funny. So then he laughs. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm blowing out your ears if you're listening on headphones. Sorry. But he got fired. Why? Well, I don't know. There's probably plenty of reasons. I think there's like uh, 787.5 billion reasons why he would have been fired. Um, you know, because that was the settlement that Fox News came to with Dominion Voting Systems, because uh, Fox News was, you know, <laughs> pretty much admitting when you do a settlement like that that yeah, we were defaming you. Um, you know, uh, but we don't want to pay the 1.8 billion. Oh, it's it 1.3 billion. That they were that Dominion was asking for, and there are other lawsuits out there that Dominion is taking place, and there are other lawsuits against Fox News that are taking place. So it's, and we learned all kinds of stuff about the back, what's going on in the background. Like Tucker never liked uh, Donald Trump, he never liked him. Donald Trump was a tool to use, you know, and he, he never liked Trump. And then he's he's pretending to like Trump, and there's a picture of him with the with the orange one at that live uh, golf thing. And Tucker's got that laugh face on because he's probably fake laughing at something that that uh, that asshole said, the fearless loser said. You know, he's just doing. You know, like, There's also a sexual harassment lawsuit going against Fox News, the entire network, by a producer of Tucker Carlson's show because of the hostile work environment that uh, Tucker uh, created. There's also that going on. So. And then, and then, and then there's this idea that was floated, I, I think, by Fox by saying, "Oh my goodness, we, I'm shocked, shocked to learn that Tucker Carlson is a racist, a white supremacist. I'm shocked, shocked to learn such a thing. Really, you know, I was working on this bit idea uh, for the show uh, 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 that was that was based on Star Trek's." Universal Translator. Now, you know the Star Trek TV series. There's lots of them. I'm not The original series kind of just fudged around how it is that every every alien species they met spoke English. But you know, they just kind of fudged around that. Uh, but Next Generation, they came up... I mean, they came up with this idea of the Universal Translator, which I guess the original series had something like that. Whoops, I hit a box. I'm sitting in the basement of the Nostalgia Zone. Go to NostalgiaZone.com and buy some comic books if you buy, like buying comic books. NostalgiaZone.com. You become a member, you'll save money. Go there. There, there's the ad. Um, so they may have had something like a universal translator there. I'm trying to remember. I, you know, 
but next generation had this thing where they all have these uh, the starfleet people all have this badge that they they wear and they tap it and it's a communicator well it's also the uh, universal translator so that's how they get around understanding everybody okay uh, isaac asimov in his foundation series um he he got you know which is about you know traveling the galaxy and all that kind of stuff and the humans have expanded into the galaxy and uh, uh and and you know the humans from earth you know that's did that so they they all speak the same language it's a, it's a uh, galactic language that uh, there are dialects that are a little different here and there but pretty much everybody speaks the same language and so that's how he got away he got around it um so they have the universal translator. Well, I was thinking there should be something called the universal dog whistle tra translator. So when you're watching shows like, you know, Tucker Carlson's show, which is no longer on Fox. <laughs> All right, I was fake laughing there, but, it's, you know, it's still funny for me. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it, every time he says, you know, thug, it, it, it translates to be, you know, young black man. And every time he says legacy American white people, you know, comes up, you know, when he does stuff like that, replacement theory, you know, they're going to replace you. The brown people are coming to take you away. You know, it's like this, that's what it did be translated. I was working on that, trying to work that out and, and do it on a show. But now the Tucker's fired and now he's got, he's reduced to doing podcasts. Apparently he was fired from CNN and I was it MSNBC was another thing that station he was on? I don't know. He was on some other news network, and then he went to Fox. So he's been fired from three places. And and but the thing is, on Fox, he was like the, he's their biggest deal. He was getting three million viewers a night, which in today's television that's a lot. Uh, in old days of television, when there were just three networks and you know maybe you know PBS and, and some local TV station, when you didn't have as many choices, you know getting three million. Eh, it might not have been all that exciting. I mean, Johnny Carson was getting something like 12 million people watching his show every night, and that's late at night. So, you know, but I don't know. Maybe 3 million would still be respectable. But he's gone. <laughs> Good luck podcasting. I'm sure he'll have a much uh, bigger audience than I've got, but what are you going to do? Um. Oh, goodness gracious. Did I take another break? Well, I should. I could. Should I take another break? Let me see. Let me just get. I'm, look, I'm working this out, okay? I know I haven't been back for a very long time, but uh, okay, yeah. I'm going to take my second break, and then we'll, uh, then we'll uh, just kind of uh, wing it for the rest of the show. No, I've, I've got notes. Um, you're listening to Dimline Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Warmer weather in Minnesota means deer ticks are now feeding in a wooded area near you. Fight the bite. To avoid Lyme and other diseases from deer ticks, use tick repellent. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. 
this station was not your cup of tea, then drink coffee! 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 coffee. <laughs> drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. If you don't go to my show notes page, you're only getting like 30.2% of the show. Because uh, there's, there's stuff on the show notes page. But you need to go to dimland.com and go, click on the show notes blog option and you'll get more. You'll get links to stuff that I talk to about and you know, articles that I've gotten and things. Uh, this one might not be too link heavy, but you know, there'll be stuff there. And I figured I, I'm mentioning this. I, I, mention, I try to mention it every week just to make sure that you know that I have a show notes page, and that you should check it out and maybe you know subscribe to it or follow it or whatever they do on WordPress. I don't, I don't know what they do. Um, <clears throat> just want to let you know that the you know the bumpers, the the songs that lead in and out of my breaks, there's a theme. So I figured I'd just run down just to see if you can figure out the theme. All right, because the theme has to do with something on the show. Right? And I don't do this all the time, but sometimes I try to do stuff like that. You can find links to the songs on the show notes page. Uh, if there's a YouTube video for it, I'll link to it. If there isn't, there's some of my songs are a little more obscure. They, you know, they're not, they don't have a, a YouTube link to them. Maybe you won't get them, but most of my songs have it. <clears throat> it used to be, if I put a Prince song in there, couldn't put it up there because YouTube Prince would always pull down stu- uh, uh, stuff off of uh, YouTube, and I don't think they do that anymore. I'll, maybe they do still, but I don't think so. You know. Anyway, Prince has been dead for a while now. Isn't that terrible? Anyway, sorry. I. So the songs for the breaks. The first song that you heard was Walking and Falling by Laurie Anderson. Coming out of that break, uh, the song was Take Me Down to the Hospital by The Replacements. Then uh, going into this, this break that I'm just coming out of, uh, Break My Body by The Pixies. And then finally, the song that, uh, you know, coming back just now, Back in Flesh by Wall of Voodoo. Can you figure out how that theme relates to something I talked about on the show? So anyway. Oh, I have, oh, I just love doing these. These are so much fun. I have one of these. Come on, press the button. There you go. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Well, <clears throat> again, we turn to the world of advertising. The world of advertising, they have you know people who who create ads. I think by and large, are part of that parallel universe that the Mandela effect is supposed to be about. Where you 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 know the 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 the, the two uh, universe our our universe and this parallel universe kind of that kind of intersect 
and some of the information from one universe spills into the other. And I think advertising is over there because the world doesn't really work the way it does in advertising. It's that they just, there's just, and that's why a lot of my pedantic moments come from ads because it's, that's just not, that's not how it's going to go. You know, the last time I did one, Navy Federal Credit Union, you know, can you, can you imagine, you know, can, I, I can't imagine where I'd be without them. And then they imagine where they'd be without them. Well, yes, you can. You just did imagine it. What you should do in the ad is you should have the second person that that person's talking to say, can you imagine where you'd be without Navy Federal Credit Union? And then have that person imagine it. And then come out of it going, ooh, you know, that kind of thing. That's how I would have written it. If I was working for that ad agency, you know, JB would ask for ideas and then somebody float that idea and say, you know, I think it should be. And they would say, Jim, you and your pedantry get really annoying. I said, well, I'm sorry, but it doesn't make sense. Anyway. <clears throat> it's, so sometimes I try to deal with the pedantry uh, by headcanoning things. By, by saying, okay, okay, it doesn't make sense, but I can make it make sense if, if it happened this way. Or, or if this is just the stuff, the information we didn't get in the ad. So there's an ad for AutoZone. There's a series of them uh, where AutoZone can, you know, you have an idiot light, I'm sorry, a, a service light come up on your on your dashboard. Uh, you can bring it to an AutoZone. They'll hook it up to a little thing, and that'll give a readout as to what the computer on the car is saying is going wrong. I've done it myself. You know, I've, 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 gone, to, I've gone to AutoZone to do it because, well, their advertising worked on me, apparently, at least to have that done. But so okay, there's so there's several ads that have that happen, but there's this one in particular that has this pedant thinking. How? Wait, huh? Okay, it starts out. You know, it's a car thing. There's a car in a parking lot. You see a car in a parking lot. It's obviously winter. There's snow around. There, you see empty spaces. You know, uh, parking spaces around the car. You see the the lane that goes between the parking spaces. You, you know, goes along along the uh, parking spaces. You see that in front of the car. You know, the car it's sort of like in the middle of a parking lot. With there's no other cars around, just that one. And there's a young woman. Then we see that she's in sitting in the car and she's trying to start it and it's going click 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 click. It's doing that, which I think means dead battery, but maybe not. Um, I don't know. I'm not a car guy. But anyway, she's like, oh, no, not now. Just, oh, you're kidding me. That kind of thing. Whatever she says. I didn't get the exact dialogue because I'm not that pedantic. I'm pedantic, but I'm not that pedantic. So then the next shot, the next scene in that ad is her parking, uh, parked right outside an auto zone with an auto zone employee you know, the car's hood's up, the AutoZone employee's checking something out or whatever, and and the woman is standing there, and she said, oh, so you're just saying it's a loose ba battery cable? And and, and uh, the AutoZone person says, yeah, we can we take care of that or something, you know. So what's the pedantry? What, what, am I, what tripped me up on that ad? Can you think of it? I'll tell you. How did the woman get the car to the AutoZone? She couldn't start it. How did she get it there? Did she tow it there? Why would you tow a car to an auto parts store that offers, you know, checking what that, that, that light on your dashboard coming on, what that means? Why would you take, why would you have a tow 
truck, bring it to an auto zone and not a service garage, either you know connected to a dealership or one of those independent service garages, or bring it to CarX or Midas or whatever, whatever places work on cars. Why would you bring it? Why would you have it towed to an auto zone? How did she get it there? So then, as I said, so now that's the pedantry. That's the pedantic moment. How did she get it there? It doesn't make sense. But then I try, I try, you know, to say, okay, how could this have happened? Well, maybe she was in a parking lot that had an auto zone just away, just a little bit away. And she pushed by herself. There's nobody else around, no other cars around. She pushed by herself her car up to the AutoZone place. Or maybe there were some people around and they helped her push the car there. Or maybe somebody that worked at the AutoZone came out and helped her push the car there. But then I say to myself, why would they push the car there when the AutoZone person could just walk over to the car, check it out, and then tell it, yeah, it's a loose battery cable. And you know something? It's never a loose battery cable. It's never, come on. It's not, well, maybe, maybe. I mean, I had some car troubles you know, before we got the new engine, like a, like a year before that, I, we had a stretch where the car just kept doing strange stuff. We kept bringing it back. The first time we brought it into the dealership to get it worked on, they said, oh, it's just a loose battery cable. We tightened it up for you and they'll be fine. They only charged me half of what they would have paid, charged me for just doing the diagnostic. And they said, oh, we feel bad about charging the full price. So, you know, just half of that was like 80 bucks. So they charged like 160 to look at the car. So, you know, okay, great. And then a few days later, it's doing the same thing. It wasn't the loose battery cable. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say it's never the loose battery cable, but come on. It's, it, it can't ever be that simple. I guess, it, I guess it can be. I mean, I'm a skeptic. I should, I should accept the fact that, yes, it, sometimes it can be just that simple. It's not some grand conspiracy, something big. You know, it has to be some big cause to a problem instead of a small cause. Well, sometimes it's a small cause. Anyway, I you know how did she get the car to the auto zone? That's I I I tried to head cannon it and it didn't work. But the thing is, I tried. All right, so I think I get something for effort. Uh, <laughs> finally, uh, what are we at here? What are we gonna say? Okay, okay, this might take a little more time. Okay, this past week. Uh, we, you know, this was the week that, uh, you know, Amy had got her surgery on the shoulder. And so the, the week was just pain management, resting, healing up. That, that's what it is. I went to work. The neighbor's helping with walking the dog and all that. And um, um, Wednesday, I mean, this past week we had two concerts to go to. We had two shows. We had tickets for two shows to go to. Uh, one on Wednesday night, one on Friday night. The Friday night show, we tried to, uh, through the place that we got our tickets, we tried to sell them. Didn't sell, so we're out that money. What are you going to do? Wednesday night, uh, I ended up going to the show by myself. I was seeing if there was anybody that, you know, a friend of mine, I said, do you want to go? And he, he had something going on, so he couldn't go. So I just, and another friend of mine is still avoiding crowds, even though the World Health Organization has said that we are beyond the COVID crisis now. We, the emergency is over. And that's that's good. That's good to know. That's good news. But he's still being careful because uh, there's there's reasons. Um, <clears throat> so I and Amy said, 
I'll be fine. Next door neighbor will help if I need any. Just go. You need this. You know, I've been, it's been really busy at work because the fellow that I work with, he's on tour with his band and he's, he's going to be gone for another, I don't know, three weeks at this point. And he'd been gone for a couple weeks by then. And it's just, uh, you know, and it's a lot of work on me. So, um, she says, you need it. And, and besides, uh, the Wednesday show was more for me, although, you know, Amy would enjoy it. And the Friday show was more for Amy, although I probably would have enjoyed it. So the, the Friday show, which we didn't go to, was a band for a band called Built to Spill. I know a few of their songs, or a handful of their songs, not many. Maybe it's two or three. It's not, not many, but and I like them. And but Amy likes the band more. And you know, so okay for Amy, you know. And I think I would enjoy the show because I enjoy the the songs that I know that I enjoy by them. And I'm sure that they have other songs I like too. So, but we ended up not going to that. The Wednesday concert was for this band called the New Pornographers. And they've been around for 20 years or something like that. And uh, Amy says, just go. Just go on your own. Just go. It's no problem. So I did. Uh, and I had a, and I, it was really good. I really enjoyed the show. <clears throat> but I don't know what it is about me. Maybe I'm hypervigilant. I just get, you know, I'm not easily offended, but I am easily annoyed. There are things that happen that annoy me. It's just, you know, and going to concerts so often, I'm near somebody that annoys me. That's somebody that just doesn't get it. And we went, Amy and I went to see the band Tool. I enjoyed the show. I didn't know anything they played. I enjoyed the show. Uh, two, two seats down for me, two empty seats down for me was a couple that talked the entire show. Well, I shouldn't say the entire show. They had a couple of breaks when one of them got up to go get a beer. And, and just looked at him and said, like, I kept giving him, shooting him looks. I didn't say anything because, you know, I don't want to get beat up. But why? Why? I, I have no problem with somebody kind of leaning over making a comment once in a while, but talking the entire show. Oh, I really like this song. They played this song the last time I saw them. Oh, that's great. I hope they played this other song. This is great. Do you remember when you saw them like three years ago? They were so great. You know, it's like, God damn it. They're right there right in front of you. Watch them. You know? So I go to this show. And uh, I'm going to have an empty seat next to me because Amy's not able to attend. I couldn't find anybody else to go. So, you know, Hayden had class that night, so he wouldn't have been able to go with his old man, and I don't think he would have wanted to. But uh, um, so I, I, the opening act is a band from New York. They said they were from New York. They're called Wild Pink. And I, 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 I liked them. I thought, oh, I like what they're doing. A little jangly, a little alt-country touch to it. A little hard to say, you know, but the, you know, indie rock kind of thing. And I enjoyed it. Those four guys looking unassuming. You know, that's another thing I'm going to get to. Uh, they, they, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I'm in a row that has, I think, like 12 seats. And actually, there's seats in this theater, which I really like to be able to sit. Oh, standing at First Avenue can get to be a, a pain in the back. But at the end of the row to my left, there's two people, and there was, you know, and then there's a couple, there's like four open seats next to me, and then there's five open seats next on the right, and, you know, something, I don't know if that adds up to 12, but, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and so I'm, nobody's near me through the whole opening act they play, the whole opening act, nobody there. Between the show, you know, the, the, the performers, in piled like five people and they sat right to my right so i got a guy sitting right next to me and i'm thinking ah oh, geez you know 
it, it, would it seem bad if I got up and moved to the seat next to me just to give the guy some room and give me some room? And I thought, ah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just sit here. And, and when the show starts, we'll probably all stand up and watch it. I'll just kind of step over a little bit and just have a little space. Well, we didn't stand. <laughs> the show started, we're all just sitting there still. And I remembered, yeah, it's a bunch of old people. We got bad knees and bad backs and bad hips and everything. So standing for an entire show, probably, you know, we got these chairs. They're nice. We stood through the encore. That was cool. But, you know. And I should say this, set this up. The, um, the, when you, when you go into the venue, you get inside, there are interior doors and then there's more interior doors that goes into the theater, right? the seating area. And there are signs on the doors reading no photography, uh, you know, photographing or videoing the performance. Words to that effect. Do not do that. Keep your phones in your pockets. You know, just don't do that. Before the show started, there was an announcement. You know, before the, the opening act came on. There was an announcement saying the new pornographers request that nobody take any photos or video of the performance. Be in the now. I think is what they said. Just just be in the now. You don't need the pictures. Let your mind have all that. There are pictures of them out there. I did take a picture of the empty stage. Now I did take a picture of that. I might put that on the show notes page. But you know, that's it. When when so after they said that, I took you know, finished uh, texting Amy, just let her know what's going on, and then I put my phone on do not disturb and I put it in my pocket. And it stayed there until after the first act, and then I brought it out, told Amy that was pretty good, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, before the new pornographer's gone on, I turned, put it back on a new Do Not Disturb, put it back in my pocket. Okay, as I said, group to my right, sitting there, and they were fine. They were perfectly fine. They cheered, they applauded, they kind of sang along. They were, you could tell that the guy next to me, oh, I know this song, this is great, you know, that's, I, they were great. They're fine. And that was great for like two or three songs until the two yahoos came in the guys that couldn't bother being there on time they pile in and they come down the row and i'm seeing them and yahoo number one sits right next to me right and i'm shoulder to shoulder with these with this guy he's got broad shoulders taller than me god damn it there are people taller than me <laughs> anyway he sits there and for the first couple of songs he's looking at his phone and it's and you know how disturbing that is if you're at a movie and somebody gets their phone up and then that light you know distracts you and all that well see, that's me i'm like god damn it you know, but he did to his credit he did finally put it in his pocket yahoo number two his buddy sitting on the other side of him oh he took a little bit longer and he starts he shows his friend what he was looking at on his phone, and it's an article from NPR. I glanced and I saw NPR at the top. He's showing this guy this thing. Now I don't say anything because I'm a Minnesotan and I don't want to get beat up. But I should have leaned over and said, "You, know, I should have said, you know that article that you're showing your buddy here? That will be there after the show. Right now, the show is happening. Watch them." And they would talk to each other. I'll give them credit though, they didn't do a lot of it, but they did, you know, there was there was it was going for a while there. I was thinking, oh god, oh god. And then Yahoo number two holds up his camera, or his phone. He holds it up. He does the, he does that twice. And I was like, oh, here's my fantasy of which I wish I could have done. But again, I'm a Minnesotan and I don't want to get beat up. We just stand up and say and just lean over there and I say, I want you to take a look at all the people sitting here right now. 
watching the show. I want you to take a look. Do you see anyone holding their phones up? Do you? No. You know why that is? Well, one, they showed up on time, and two, they paid attention. And obviously, you guys can't pay attention because that's not your seat. There are signs on the door saying, don't do this. Fortunately, you know, I mean, they piled in like two or three songs into the thing. Uh, another couple songs, three or four songs go by, and Yahoo number one that's sitting right next to me realizes there's an empty seat on the si- other side of Yahoo number two, and he got up and moved over there. And now he's in his proper seat, assuming those were their seats in the first place. There have been worse people to be around in a concert. There have been worse. But uh, I don't know what it is about me. It's just, it's probably my hypervigilance. I'm just paying attention and I'm easily uh, annoyed and distracted by, by that kind of thing. The show itself. Wild Pink, didn't know anything they played, did, and had never heard of them before. You know, they tell us, you know, we're from New York, and they they really good four-piece band. They come on, they look unassuming. They just come on in the, in the clothes that they wear when they're doing their stuff. There's a whole set of musicians out there that play rock music and, you know, essentially rock music, but country music, I'm sure, too. There's a whole set of musicians out there that have the mindset of, I'm not. I'm not putting on a uniform. I'm not going for a look or anything like that. I'm just. This is me. I'm coming on stage. The Replacements used to do that. Husker Du used to do that. All kinds of bands that I used to go see back in the day. That's you know. Some of them would have outfits that they would do. Some of them would have that. But it was pretty much. This is what I was wearing. You know when I got when I got dressed this morning. It's what I'm wearing now. And so that's the the kind of the vibe I got there. And, and they did a nice, I enjoyed the set, and I um, looked into some songs, uh, found one song of theirs, uh, uh, their most popular song, on, uh, on uh, Spotify, and I put that into my playlist, and I'll look into more stuff. The New Pornographers, they were great. Yeah, they played the song, it's called um, uh, The Laws Have Changed. That was the first song I ever heard by the New Pornographers, and my wife was the one that introduced me to them. She put it on, she made, back in the day when we would burn CDs, uh, she ripped a bunch of songs, put them on a CD for me, and uh, um, and that was one of the songs, and I really liked it. And so it was cool that they played, hey, that's the first song I've ever heard by you guys. Uh, they ended the show with a song called Bleeding Hearts Club. The Bleeding Hearts Show, that's what it's called. The Bleeding Hearts Show. Uh, and that just was perfect. I thought, yeah, they're going to end it with that because it has this haylock chorus at the end. Hey-la, 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 hey-la. And it's just everybody in the band is singing, or all the singers in the band. There's like uh, five of them that will sing. Mainly it's the two, but then there's three backing vocalists. And it was it was great. I enjoyed the show very much. It was fun. And they too just kind of dress the way they dress. It's not they're not doing uniform stuff. So I had a little bit of fun watching them. Uh, the little bit of fun I had was uh, I sat there and I thought, you know what these guys look like? They're all in their late 50s, early 60s. So, well, maybe somewhere around there. The band's been around for 20 years, so maybe they're all in their 50s. Uh, there's, there were seven musicians up there. Uh, I only have the names of six of them, uh, but uh, because I think they had this other guy brought in. He played keyboards and and uh, uh, he played saxophone as well, and he did backing vocals. So I don't I don't know what his name was, but what I did was I looked at them and I thought, you know what these people, you know what they look like. 
they look like they're high school teachers or high school staff that also are musicians and they started a band and we're at some kind of you know school event and say no oh, the teachers are going to be playing some songs and it turns out they're pretty good um so i i was as i was watching them i was assigning each person to what they would have been on the staff of the school so there's uh Let's see. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Catherine Calder. She played keyboards and uh, and did backing vocals. And uh, and uh, she's uh, uh, I looked at her and I said, she's the music teacher. You know the kind of you know the kind of you know arty farty music teacher sort. You know that's that's what she is. And then there's uh, then there's John Collins. He played bass. He's got, he had a really nice. Uh, 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 you know, quaffed hair and a nice beard trimmed all nice, and you know, you know look real. He's wearing glasses, and so, so he's. I said he's the the college level uh, advanced English lit teacher. That's him right there. And then I look over at uh, at uh, uh, Todd Fancy. Todd Fancy is their lead guitarist. He's kind of standing in the back. He was wearing a plaid flannel shirt, just kind of unbuttoned with a t-shirt under it, and he's got a. Uh, a trucker's cap on. He's got this longish, not super long hair, but just so like not even shoulder length, but kind of longish hair uh, coming out. And he's looking kind of unassuming. He's the shop teacher. <laughs> uh, the guy that was in the band that was um, that I c couldn't find his name. Doing keyboards and uh, vocals and uh, saxophone, he had uh, uh, dark black hair. Uh, well, dark hair. It was black, but it's kind of a little bit graying. A, bit, a full beard, a little bit graying, and that he—he's that really very understanding, supportive uh, school counselor. That's that's who he was. So you're the school counselor, and then the drummer, uh, nicely cut, uh, close cut hair on the sides and a bit of a flap of hair on the top but not super but a little bit longer but not not real long um and he's he, you know, overall short hair and he's wearing a jean jacket over a concert t-shirt he's the theater instructor that's him that's that you do theater now nico case now his name the drummer's name was uh what's his name uh joe uh cedars joe cedars i think i think that's how you say it um uh, then there's then there's the two lead people in the band. Uh, there's Nico Case. She's the cool art teacher. See that's that's what I like. She's the cool. You're the cool art teacher. And AC Newman, who is like the leader of the band, he's the guy that writes most of the songs or all the songs. I don't know if he writes all, but he does a lot of the vocals. And uh, anyway, he's he's uh, he's kind of that eccentric, uh, slightly offbeat, uh, very intellectual, uh, advanced calculus teacher. So I sat there, and that's I had canoned that way. I just said that's what they are, and we're all this school thing, and they're and they. Oh, it turns out these guys play pretty well. So I did enjoy the show. When I left to head home, um, I was uh, I come around. It was in the Fitzgerald Theater, which is in St. Paul. I come around the corner. And there's the tour bus. It's one of those long coach buses, a real kind of, you know, nicely, nice, nice looking bus, you know, clean, new, and, you know, it didn't have like their name along the side. But, you know, that's the bus they tour in. And I walk past it, and behind that bus is a, is a slightly bigger than a minivan, but not quite a cargo van. It's just, 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 somewhere on there it's black it's got one of those luggage you know those those hard uh shell luggage carriers on the top that's that's aerodynamically shaped on the top of it and had new york plates and i went oh that's right wild pink is from new york so i wanted to take pictures to send to my uh, uh co-worker who's in a band 
and see, so you would appreciate this. So take a picture of the big tour bus that's a headliner and a picture of the little van behind it. Opening act. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Uh, okay, I don't know how long the show went. Maybe a little over. I tend to do that a little over an hour. Anyway, uh, thanks for indulging me for the, this show and for letting me have a couple of weeks off. Uh, I will be back next week, I hope. You've been listening to Dimland Radio and the Z-Talk Radio Network. Be skeptical and all that kind of stuff. And uh, also, sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.